from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. This is Vox Populi. Vox Populi. The voice of the occasionally interested people. A political talk show for people who don't spend a lot of time talking politics. The only agenda. Understand, inform, and entertain. Now, here's your host, Sean Astin. And welcome to Vox Populi, voice of the occasionally interested people. My name is Sean Aston, and I continue to be your host. Uh, I'm actually on assignment, which means not in Los Angeles, and so unable to be uh, recording live from the Universal City Walk at the John Lovitz Comedy Club, where we have our studio. But I am, in fact, in Toronto, Canada, as you can see by the picture and map a la CNN that I was able to put together for us. Um, I'm waiting for the round of applause. Uh, let me start this week's uh, episode out by saying that it is the week of my 20th wedding anniversary. I've been married 20 years to uh, the same woman, Christine Louise Aston, and um, who was good enough to fly to Toronto, Canada to spend our anniversary together. So happy anniversary, honey. Uh, I also want to say, by way of introduction, thank you so much to my little brother, Mac uh, McKenzie, who was kind enough to step into the breach uh, last week when our mom 
uh, I, I ran up to Idaho to visit our mom, uh, who wasn't feeling well, but who is uh, on the mend and doing great. So it was uh, really cool to have Mac, who's been a producer of the show and really helping with background research and has sort of been a, a, a co-host, sat in the chair and so forth. But for him to to um, agree to sort of sit in front of the microphone and host the show for a, an hour was really cool. And then for him to be so um, deeply personal in sharing his life experiences and some of the challenges that he's had and to be um, incredibly complimentary of me uh, was really above and beyond the call of duty and I, I listened to the I called into the episode and then I listened to it later and and the, some of the Peter Sellers, Sellers uh, footage sound that he played and, and he just really did a great job he cared about it he pre- he prepped it at the last minute really put a lot of love and heart and himself into it so Mac uh, if you're out there Thank you so much for doing that, and uh, now you know that it's survivable, so stand guard because I will be calling on you again, um, and maybe pay attention to some politics once in a while so that you can, uh, you know, not just dismiss us all out of hand. Uh, Mac, like many of our audience members, is uh, doesn't love talking about politics. He, his life is uh, focused in a lot of other areas, and, and areas that are rich and profound and meaningful and and in our family, I'm the one who is uh, always obsessed with talking about, you know, global conflict and what's happening in the, uh, you know, in the political scene and so forth. So I would just say um, uh, that I think there's real value to having that conversation, and I think others do as well, which is why our, our little show is uh, chugging along. All right. That said, I have been waiting to play an interview. I played the first part of an interview um, with uh, Rosalind Wyman a few weeks back, and I was fortunate enough to speak with her for um, you know a good bit of time. Have had a few segments with her, and uh, and then have just been swamped with other stuff and haven't haven't played it. So now that I'm in Toronto, it seems like a good time to share with you um, the remaining elements or the remaining moments of my conversation with her. And there's there's some good stuff in there. She's um, Rosalind was. One of the first, uh, I wouldn't say the first female uh, city council members for Los Angeles, but when she was elected straight out of college at USC in 1952, uh, she was one of the first uh, women in a long, long time uh, to to get elected. She was instrumental in helping to bring the Brooklyn Dodgers to Los Angeles, which was uh, uh, both an exciting but very controversial move, and and she was uh, right at the forefront of that. And she served for many, many, many years, and and has lots of friends and lots of stories to share and hopefully she'll become a, a recurring friend of the show we can call on her for anecdotes she was uh um well she has so much to share but she was also um chaired a democratic national convention in San Francisco she's been on uh the uh campaign uh, she's been a, a co-chair or a chair I suppose of the uh, of Diane Feinstein's senatorial campaigns has really been involved with helping to build the uh political uh, career of Diane Feinstein, um, and she was also appointed to uh, the National Endowment for the Arts, and she served on uh, the UNESCO Commission. Um, she's been employed as a movie industry executive and a consultant to the to Mayor Bradley when when uh, he was uh, in office. And she's done, you know, she's been a board member of many arts and social services and educational health organizations, and has received countless awards. Uh, she's basically a, a Democrat. Democrat. Very proud, um, 
to uh, and, a, and a proud, um, uh, prominent member of the Jewish community, um, chairing fundraising events. And what happens basically in politics is you get these people, um, and I've and and it's always struck me that there are these sort of women, these these elder stateswomen, these elder party members who usually before a Jefferson Jackson dinner, uh, which is the uh, annual or more than annual or whatever uh, election cycle uh, chicken dinners that you have with the uh, that Democrats have and and uh, to uh, there's usually beforehand that I've, I've been to several of them. You go to people's homes who've been active in the party for a long time and you you share a cup of coffee or share a drink and then you go to the the dinner and and but there's something really powerful about the figures who are there you know there are these repositories of um experiences and ideas and you know you talk to somebody who was with uh, Geraldine Ferraro as she was making her vice presidential run or you talk to somebody who is and whatever it is you know, they remember the hats and the pins that were worn at the convention that year. They remember the slogans very well of the campaigns that year. They remember, and you add those up, and what you have is a little bit of something resembling historical memory or recent historical memory. Because nowadays, most of the time, what happens is you have your, um, you know, media driven campaigns and Every three days, there's some new massively important breaking news story, and it just goes from one to the other. And you can you, you get to the end of a year, and you're and it's the you know New Year's Eve, and you're thinking, what have I done? Like, what happened this year? Well, there was the balloon boy, right? <laughs> Remember that year? You're like, there's a balloon boy. What else? Something else. What else? There was a something awful and big. It was the tsunami, or it was the earthquake, or it was the something. You know, what whatever it is, and and. I get the sense for myself and for others that you kind of lose the thread somehow of what's been happening in the political development of our country, of our community, of our state and our city. And you, you, you know, when you spend time trying to track these issues, you realize that, you know, an election is one moment in time, but really there's been usually a long and unfolding series of events that have led up to that. And, and it's nice to know that you can sit down with somebody and they're an expert in the ebbing and flowing uh, changes of, of political life. So, so, um, so Rosalind Wyman is just a lovely woman. I'm going to go ahead and uh, run this interview with her. Enjoy it. We have some pictures of, uh, of her that you can enjoy and, and, um, yeah, so we'll take it away. My uh, interview a, a little while back uh, with Rosalind Wyman, which had begun, we played about 15 minutes of it, and then we went to other business. And now, if you find yourself a little uh, confused at the beginning, just stick with it. It's a conversation between someone who loves politics and really respects his elders and a lady who's got an awful lot Okay, we are back with uh, Rosalind Wyman, and we're having a, just an amazing conversation about uh, oh, your take on, on how things have developed. I mean, you, you, you talk about compromise, and we talked about uh, the, the people trying to get some control back. We talked about the referendum uh, or these ballot measures, and people, or a primary, and people voted in because they figure if we can't get, you know, somebody in office who's going to do something, and I'm, I'm just 
this is my conjecture here, but then at least we'll be able to take control of something. But you sort it's a lose lose. You, you, you don't have somebody in an office that you have a lot of faith or trust in to do the people's business, and then you you put yourself behind the eight ball because you don't have enough information to make decisions. And the way they they package those things, my wife and I always sit down and we we it's all written in triple speak, you know, and you, you everything's code words for the opposite of what it seems to be. And you you know if you don't really understand. You know, are, are you raising money for more prisons, or are you uh, are you hurting education? Are you ca- cutting teachers' salary? Like, what? It's it's really hard to get the uh, unless you just are ensconced in it to get a fair a fair sense. So, do you have any at this stage in your life, and as you look across and you say it's the worst you've ever seen in terms of the vituperativeness and the mean spirited personal attacks and that stuff? Do you have any hope that that? And if you do, what's the way forward? Well, I'll tell you, I have less hope at this moment than I usually have. I'm usually pretty optimistic, but the ruling of the Supreme Court uh, on allowing a corporation to be an individual. Now, you explain to me how that happens. Uh, well, they say it's a collection of, of individuals. That yeah, say it's 100 a- years of law they overthrew. This Supreme Court is so conservative and so bad. To allow what's going on in politics that a corporation could be treated as an individual and you could give unlimited sums to mo- in money. And the bad part of it, Sean, I mean, let's say that even allow that, but that you don't have to tell the people who are giving the money even the way they ruled. And so international nobody people, other knows. People can- uh, I mean, what they've done, and I, I for years, have, have always wanted to change the Constitution, that the House of Representatives should not be every two years, they should be every four. Do you know how much money we would we would stop the raising if you didn't have to run every two years, if you ran every four and changed the, the law? Oh, you might give them time to read the legislation they're passing. Yeah, <laughs> well, you'd also have not immediately... Uh, the minute you get reelected to start uh, raising funds, yeah, and you they spend an unbelievable percentage of their time doing that. So what? So what? So so when it gets right down to it, the first thing that could put you back on a, a slightly more optimistic path would see would be campaign, not just finance reform, but just re- fundamentally readjust or return back to a, a slightly fair way of a more transparent way of of having campaigns. Funded. I mean, is that your? Is that? Yeah. Well, that 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 is number one. They just got to change that law so that the Supreme Court can't rule again. Um, they've got to come back with something. But as I say, I I don't even want to accept in a way that a corporation is a person. But if you have to do that, at least you have to say, Sean, who has given that money, uh, and so that you know the interest why something is is going a certain way. And if you don't have the ability to know who is uh, putting in these millions and millions and millions, one guy in, in, in Las Vegas it gave $6 million one day, and then he turns around and gives another $6 million. That was to uh, Newt Gingrich? Yeah, that was to Newt Gingrich. I mean, that was a, te- a terrible thing. That Well, it's uh, amazing you know, because he affected the national conversation for a month. Yeah, you know, he well, was able to keep the guy clinging it, in there. And and actually, in that case, we knew who the individual was, but he he puts a you can put a pack together, and all the Koch brothers have got this big pack. And I mean, we don't know who other than the Koch brothers who are in it. 
And I just think that you can't, I, I don't know, there's something so bad about that to me. Right, let, me my, let me see if I can unpack it a little bit because I, I, uh, I know all of my Democratic friends are, who are listening to the show are cheering because they just so have internalized what you're saying. And then my Republican friends who are listening are shaking their heads and thinking that, you know, you're kind of ideologically entrenched. And one, one image popped into my head when you were talking. You know how the, the NASCAR drivers, they'll have their, their driving uniforms sort of pockmarked with the, uh, the, the, the brands that they're advertising. They'll have the oil and the, and the uh, yeah. you, know, you know, part of me feels like, you know, if politicians had that, you know, if the politicians had... You know, when they walk on the floor of Congress, you could see based on, you know, <laughs> the labels across them where what their interest was. But but m most of the thing that really I think uh, the knee jerk thing that that will fuel people's frustration with the kind of thing you just said is that it becomes about the presidential winningness and losingness kind of that thing. Like if if Mitt Romney wins, then that conservative court will be protective. If Obama wins, it won't. And so instead of looking at, you know, the merits of that particular thing, everything is seen through the prism of success or failure of a presidential candidate. But, but Sean, let me stop you there. I suppose you shouldn't interrupt the host, but... No, you can uh, interrupt. <laughs> but think about this. If, if Obama wins and you don't control at least one house like the Senate which is, you know, could change, he may never get a Supreme Court justice. They would block it. Mm. Think of that uh, you for really a think that, You really think you that want to think happen? of something awful. I mean, think of that if you win. And in my opinion, I am so concerned that they wouldn't uh, let, if we do not at least still control somewhat of, of one of the houses, uh, especially the Senate, because that's where the confirmation of the Supreme Court comes. You, he, he could sit four years without getting a Supreme Court justice. You know, I, I, normally I would think it just wouldn't happen like that, but because it would be his second term and he wouldn't have to try and satisfy uh, a, 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 you know, middle, um, you know, a moderate electorate, you know, with, with a choice that, that was confirmable that, the, that an opposition Senate would look really bad for trying to block because it's somebody who's so kind of passable on all terms. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that could happen, but I, I just feel like, I mean, I look at, um, just to switch gears back to your, your personal biography for a minute. Um, you studied public administration, right? Right. I mean, the thing I was characterizing was a kind of lay person's knee jerk opinion about, you know, for those few people who actually watch the state of the union, you know what I mean? The, the uh, or the, the, the rare individual who will find their way onto C-SPAN for a minute and, and not just the, uh, the, you know, MSNBC and Fox flamethrowers on both sides. But, but I, I just, how important do you think it is in this, in our culture today that people actually have some formal, education in what it takes to actually run a government? Well, it would be ideal, but, you know, I don't think we live in an ideal world. It's just not going to happen. There's no way. But think about this for a minute, too. I would, uh, that, that I don't think, I'm not sure if I'm right, and if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me. I don't think the biggest paper in L.A. has a full-time unit 
uh, a, a reporter in Sacramento. And wow, most, really? Most, and most of the radio or television don't. And, I mean, they affect so much. The other day there was a thing like, who who affects more of of, of your life? Uh, and they had an assemblyman listed, and they had Senator Feinstein. And I would bet most of the people will say, oh, the senator has more to do on 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 you know so many issues and it's not true yeah. that 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 assembly has affected your life so much more but you know um i'm skipping all over the place no it's good this is i like this it's just but but the other thing that i have such concern uh is there's two things in today's market that just absolutely run me up a wall one is the attack on women and that is real I have to tell you, I've been at it. I know what Roe versus Wade means, and they would like to eliminate it. And believe it or not, there was a, I don't know where the wives of these legislators are across America. There was a legislator gets up on the floor and says, if you're raped, Sean, raped, you should have to bring that child to term. And then if you bring them to term, and in many cases, they can't support the child, and you have to put them on welfare. And then the Republicans go berserk as well as trying to stop abortion, which is legal in this country. And then the child goes on welfare, and then they don't want to pay for welfare. Now, where are we? But the attack on women, on, on things like equal pay and even Social Security, that affects women more than anything. Isn't and there a big the law? Thing, isn't there a big vote today on? Uh, yes. On, well, it's a vote on the Women's Act, uh, but uh, there are so many things that that are being affected uh, by women across America. And the other thing that that scares me to death is over thirty states are trying. In America, we want people to vote. We had civil rights. We had women's rights to learn to vote. 30 states, Sean, 30 states have put in restrictions on people's right to vote in America. These ID things, a lot of women do not have an ID. Believe it or not, you don't have a car. If you have to have a car to get it, one is you have to have a gun permit. Think of what... America Somebody says, you, let's say, is that like Wyoming or something? Who says you have to have a, or Texas? Who yeah, one to, of them, I think, I, I can't remember, it was Texas, one, it's either te Texas or one of those states. But I have to tell you, Sean, those sort of things scare me. I know. That's not a, Sean, that's not America. That's not the America you want us to be, huh? No, sir. Not tell one me, how do you keep it. up on all this stuff? How do you, are you... I mean, well, I, I, my fam, I don't watch um, up episodic television. I watch, I watch news, <laughs> and uh, and my family laughs. But they said, well, sometimes you hear it over and over. But I said, once in a while, you know, some will break in that I got to know about. But I read everything. I read the newspapers. I read magazines. I read as much as I can. And obviously, people mail me stuff and. But, uh, you know, you're not going to get person, a person, you know, they have busy lives and young people, you know, are trying to survive. And, uh, you know, but talk about young people. What about college? We used to think going to college was a goal. And, and these college loans, we tried to get through the Congress just not to double the loans. And the Republicans vote against that. Hmm. There has, and in the past, the tragedy of this is, 
they are were so determined when Obama won to have him a one-term person, a uh, president, that things that the Republicans have supported over years, shown over years, they're voting against. Well, the Republican Party's changing a lot. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of uh, it's it's been searching for its its voice for a while, and and it's it seems to maybe be be finding it. So there you go. Uh, 82 years old and still, you're 82, right? Am I right on that? Be 82 in October. All right, 80, 81 year old Rosalind Wyman, no fire gone from the belly of this politically active force of nature. Uh, we'll be back in a second. All right, you've been listening to my interview with Rosalind Wyman. We're going to take a break and you'll have more of that when we come back. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. What's up, Toad Heads? It's Frank Kramer, Heidi Hamilton. Hey, everybody. From the Heidi and Frank Show. Reminding you that if you have satellite radio, you can check us out every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Extreme Talk Channel 165. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern? Uh, on the East Coast, yeah, on Extreme Talk XM 165. And if you don't have satellite radio, well, you're on the Toad Hop Network, so why not check out the Heidi and Frank Show, the backbone of the whole thing? 10 a.m. to noon every single week. The premium package. But you can listen for free every day, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Check us out, Heidi and Frank. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Welcome back to Vox Populi, the voice of the occasionally interested people. Hey everybody, it's Sean Astin. You're listening to Vox Populi, voice of the occasionally interested people on the Toad Hop Network. We are back from our break, and here is some more of my interview with Rosalind Wyman. Enjoy. Okay, we are back, and... We, you, you know, the way it's going to work on this show is you've, you've touched on a whole lot of different uh, issues. Sean, but it's I've great. been all over the acreage, and I apologize. But no, no, you know. no, don't apologize because in this, what what happens is the uh, Twitter is 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 the ballywick of the show. That's how I've. It's the only way I've promoted the show. That and uh, and with on the uh, the network that we are on the Toad Hop Network, but is what it's called from Toad Hop Indiana. But anyhow, um. People will respond to the thing that's, you know, you, you talked about uh, pro-choice issues, you talked about education, you talked about a few, you know, campaign finance reform. People who have a very strong opinion about that will be attaching um, articles uh, to their to their tweets and, and little clips from YouTube and, and make it. And so the conversation will, you, you've, you'll definitely fuel a good, uh, a good conversation because you're not, um, you're not shy about how you, how you express your, uh, your, your partisan, uh, yeah, take on the world. So, but let me ask you. Another, I want to go to another. Um, I'm kind of. I've got your some major elements of your bio in front of me, and I keep wanting to just uh, go back to them for a minute. One of the things that that uh, I, I sort of said quickly was that you you've had several um, commissions, right? Presidential commissions, is yeah. the NEA and UNESCO. I, you know, I served on one as well. I, I did two kind of presidential appointments. One was as a civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army, appointed by the then Secretary of the Army. Uh, in '95, and then one as the uh, it was the President's Council on Service and Civic Participation, and the mission of the council was to promote a culture of volunteerism and civic engagement. So I've I've been to the White House, I've gotten the uh, briefings on uh, the uh, the ethics briefings, and you know we've we, I've sat in the rooms and watched those conversations. So I know I know loosely the kind of and you're on, you've also been on probably I'm guessing probably 15 other boards in your in your life. Does that sound like a fair? That's probably close. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, so I get a little bit of a Are they effective? I mean, part of me feels like sometimes it's a very nice um, 
uh, uh, what's the word, a, co a cosmetic way to kind of indicate as for a leader, for a, a mayor or for a president or something to indicate that they're they're working on it. And it feels great to us to to try and bring whatever, you know, knowledge or experience or wisdom we have and, and our, or whatever our charisma or talents are to to sort of help in those rooms and however else. But sometimes I just feel like they don't matter. Do you, did you feel like you, your work was effective? Well, I, I do feel like some of my work is effective. Of course, it's never effective enough. But I do feel, for example, I spent a lot of time in the arts over the years. And, Sean, I can prove that a young person who has an interest in the arts and will give time on the weekends uh, where they will, you know, we have a, we have a, orchestra called Harmony, and we have an orchestra called Yolo, which is with the Philharmonic since Duda Mill has been in L.A. And those kids, the Harmony group, for example, they will, there's 300 kids in the waiting list, by the way, they give them their interest at instruments. They come on the uh, south side of town, around FC, most of them are coming from there, and they start in a young age, and they go through all the way, and we could prove that 99% of those kids went on to college at, or trade school or something in the sense that that arts that we've opened and in L.A. We, there was no arts in practically the county schools. I was on an arts commission which really fought for that and now that is working to, to the benefit of students. So sometimes you can be really effective uh, when I was on Recreation and Parks com Commission uh, involved, uh, we started, uh, we got the first bond issue like for L.A. way back. And we could, we could get Do you remember parks. how much it was for? Huh? Do you remember how much it was for? No, at the time. It, it was, the, I was with them early in my career. I have to go back to look <laughs> up That's all right. I, you never know. People have been wanting me to write a book because I was very close to the Kennedys and I was, involved in that, some very funny stories that you would enjoy hearing some of the political stories. But um, uh, as I say, uh, the, we had a first bond issue, and so we could, uh, I kept saying, every corner, we've got a, a mini mall. Why don't we have pocket parks? And the zoo was terrible. I wanted a better zoo where people could have recreation. You know, it depends. Sometimes you can be effective. Um, um, and I used a great example, as I said, of Diane Feinstein on the gun control. If we don't need gun control in America, and this is what you know, you don't need a multiple gun that shoots multiple bullets if you're if you're out uh, hunting. And there's, you know, it feels like people have set, are settling into the idea that that's an urban versus rural kind of thing, and that the in an urban environment there needs to be much greater controls put in place and i you know the, the it's funny the you you've watched you know several decades many decades of these issues kind of lurch forward and backward in your estimation and i guess you know if you look at the total number of uh gun deaths a year you know it's uh that's i guess the best barometer for that sort of thing but but you um but you you she she but that she's diane feinstein was a public figure we know that the public money can be effective. I just was curious in your, and you, you've, you've answered it basically. If if you felt the uh, the other commissions and and other kind of board work, if they could be uh, if they could be useful. Oh, they, you... some of them can be extremely useful. It depends how strong you are in your relationship. If you're appointed by a mayor, 
that you go in and pound on the mayor's desk. Uh, uh, I had a very good relation. Tom Bradley called me after I was out of office, and he said, I need help, you know, on certain things. I've got to come up with a better budget. And I came up with an idea of of uh, just a simple idea, Sean, of the county and city having unified buying, uh, where, you know, if you're buying pencils for a desk or pencils in the county or the city, and you buy in quantity, and try to do, uh, you know, uh, that kind of buying for a city. And I was so successful, I got a, uh, the beaches consolidated. I was trying to do consolidated buying, so his budget, you could save some money. And I was very effective. And uh, I got so effective that, that the county <laughs> county buyer got mad at me. You know, but I could deal with the Board of Supervisors, and I could deal with the City Council. And, and, you know, you never know what you, you... When you say deal with the Board of Supervisors, are you talking about you go to their offices when they're in there working, or you talk about go in front of them in the, in, a, in an open session? or Both, how, both where, where ways. You... Both ways. Both ways. You do, if you want to get something done, you do everything you have to do. Whether it's, as I say, pound on their desk, if they've appointed you, you feel that you have a right to talk to them. And if you know what what you believe is right, you, you don't give up. I mean... I've been on so many commissions and so many things that, you know, I've had some successes and I've had some failures. But uh, and uh, and who says I'm right on everything? You know, people can disagree <laughs> with me. Your children. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, you, you don't know. But if you're a believer and you think it's for the betterment of your community or your city or your county or your state or your nation, you know, we haven't even touched on the gay issue. How about that legislator who got up and said, let's have a fence and let's have it so it electrocutes people. I know that. that I, I look at that as a carnival. I mean, there's, I can't. But, no, but nobody... Sean, that's going on all over America. And it's very hard to argue that with with people because you, they'll say, well, you know, it's such a, a personal kind of an issue. Uh, you know, the, the the marriage part of it, especially but, you know, you can say to somebody, do you really think it's going to affect your marriage or your children's marriage? We had on our second episode, we had, uh, it was right after North Carolina had voted to uh, amend their constitution to define marriage as a, you know, a union between one man and one woman. And then President Obama came out, I think, on the Wednesday and said uh, that he supported uh, gay marriage. And, and our show was on Thursday. And I actually was, uh, I, f- I felt really fortunate. I got with the, uh, I think it was the National Organization of Marriage. Uh, uh, president, and I also had um, uh, Gallagher uh, come on, um, and she and and it, it was very clear that um, it, it was just such a clear thing. It was very it was very open conversation. She, I really wanted to hear what she what she had to say. And and at the at the federal level, the most sophisticated, uh, you know. Um, uh, p- proponents of the of the, the marriage amendment argument, they've got it down to a pretty a pretty. I was going to say science, but that's not so much a science. They they have it down to a very clear uh, series of arguments, and and uh, so I, I think my listeners were able to you know evaluate for themselves the relative merits of of it, and and the kinds of things that you're talking about, which are to me, I know they're not outliers, and a lot of people feel them, but I just feel like the, the, it's we're down to the last. The last thing, the last thing about whether or not marriage, the word marriage, 
can be can be used. I mean, a lot of the other stuff feels like it's I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll provoke a lot of thought with this, but uh, but feels like it's it's just settled to me. It's like as everybody the, the reasonable people seem to agree on it. I mean, now you can the the soldiers can or can have open. You know, we're just we're gay rights advocacy has just come leaps and bounds in the last 15, 20 years. And, and, you know, I, 32 states have, have amended their constitution. So there's a lot of work left to be done for, for those. In oh, that, there's uh, a lot of work. But my point is you can even be on the other side of that issue, but how could you go to extremes? The far extremes. I, I, I really feel like it's so easy to marginalize those people. That guy who made the electrified fencing look like an idiot. And, you know, I mean, it's like, well, and, I, and, and, uh, maybe because you're younger, <laughs> but I, I feel that is very serious language and very serious. You can you can disagree, well, I'll take a peek at you, it. I'll look at it. You don't want somebody to die. Uh, no, of course, no, I, no, I don't think any. Uh, no, <laughs> well, as nobody. I say that it's very hard. Uh, that concept of some of that and some of the ugliness. I mean, you know, twenty percent of America. I think believe at this point. I saw a poll not too long ago that the president's not a citizen. Well, you got guys like Donald Trump who love to uh, just stir that pot a little bit, and I, they, I'm sure that there's a cynical component of the presidential campaign that feels like you know th that's that's useful in an area. We'll, we'll quickly dismiss it, but Sean, let it's me out, tell you it's a quick there. story. There's a judge in northern uh, Orange, uh, uh, Orange County. And uh, one of the people who are running on uh, listed against Diane Feinstein is a birther. She files a court court case down in Orange County because she figured that's a good place on the birther issue. The judge says to her, "Madam, you have wasted this court's time, and it, this is a stupid issue, and uh, the case is dismissed, and you're fined twenty thousand dollars." Now, if wow. more judges would do something like that, we might not have the nonsense of wasting the court's time with this. Stuff. Uh, I like, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So, okay. So, your there's uh, your passion leads me to uh, you know, I've, I've campaigned for lots of for like three presidential figures, and I campaigned for. Um, uh, I, I've done I've done a lot of work in that environment, trying you know nowhere near as effectively as you had in your life, but but wanting to be involved, wanting to use my my celebrity in some positive way, and and or just because I could, you know. And every single time, whether it's a council or a board or a campaign or whatever I do, as soon as it's over, win, lose or draw, there's always this letdown that I have. There's always this feeling of of I don't know. I don't want to say depression because it's not depression, but I just have this this sad kind of like even if it wins, it's still not going to likely accomplish everything that we wanted it to. And and I noticed, you know, that you have been a delegate at with the exception of one of every presidential uh, Democratic convention since you since you're probably in your late teens or something. Well, I, I've, I've been to every convention since 1952 when I've been the youngest delegate. Pretty soon I'm going to be the oldest delegate, uh, except the one in Chicago, which was terrible. And, of course, my goal in life one time was to run a national convention, which I did. I'm the first woman in America to run a, uh, be the CEO and um, uh, chair of a national convention in San Francisco in 1984. And uh, by the way, that's where I bonded with Senator Diane was mayor, Senator Feinstein was mayor, and Nancy Pelosi was chair of the host committee. So it was a woman-run convention. 
we didn't do too well. We nominated uh, uh, we nominated uh, wonderful Fritz uh, Mondale, who was a Swedish human being, and uh, Geraldine Ferrero, the first woman ever nominated. And it was a very wonderful night for women when we did it. Women had tears coming down their streaming down their face. But we did, we got clobbered, but we did leave the convention. I did my job, Sean. At least we left the convention. We were ahead by two or three points. You had a nominee, you had a, and you, you were, you set out there. I mean, was there any real expectation that, um, that Reagan could be beat? Well, of course, yes, there was expectation, but I was sitting next to a wonderful man named Bob Strauss, who was the national chairman, a very successful man, just written a book recently. Uh, who was the national chairman, and we were sitting on the on the dais because there's a there's a bomb thing, and I had a button. If, if anybody starts shooting, you drop them on this bomb thing that goes down. Well, like and a grate or something, like a like a like a glass. Well, it's like of... an elevator actually, and boom, the speaker. <laughs> Do this button, and they would go straight down. <laughs> we didn't. There's a there's a whole story involving that with fireworks and. It's another great story, but anyway, <laughs> fireworks. I, I somebody got dropped <laughs> inside, but I, I wanted fireworks. I'm a firework nut. Boy, the the queen had some fireworks last night. Anyway, uh, uh, but I'm sitting next to Bob Strauss. The story is, and Mondale said, "Well, I may have to consider new taxes and new <laughs> revenue that way." And Bob Strauss and I looked at each other and we said, "Oh, oh, there goes that election." <laughs> and we just looked at each other. We said, couldn't he wait not to the night he accepts his, oh. his nomination? But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, but does that does that do something for you, That the fact that you go... I said perennial, but I guess I'm in every four years. Do you, do you... Does looking forward to that give you a sense of... I don't know, you're in a marathon instead of a sprint, and so any, you know... Well, I think what's important, what you care about over the years... A lot of it's social, Sean, you know, you have a good time and you see people all across the country you haven't seen and you share because we, you know, our, we don't have too many fights on platforms, but you can be a part of a platform writing, writing a platform, and you have a sense of some accomplishment because you feel you have put the direction of your party Everybody may not running want to go along with the platform, but most of them will accept the platform from the party. And that so you get a piece, important. you get the women's rights piece, and then you go off with three other people, and you, you, how does that? I don't even know. I'm embarrassed. I should know probably. How well, there's there's there's, uh, there's different uh, parts of, of each each chairman. Uh, and, and usually every every state has a right to um, recommend somebody, let's say, on the platform committee. And you sit for days. You work hard. You hear you hear testimony all across America. You hear what the, some of the issues that you know are brought up. You have uh, open forums. And you go back, and you're a writing committee that you submit to your party. And sometimes they're controversial issue. And you, you know, have disagreements over, and you fight it out, and you vote, and at least you, you know, a, a convention has has some some purpose. Now, what's happened to the recent vintage? We haven't had a fight really over the nominee. They're always lately have been decided before you got to convention, but um, you have their input 
you know, on the delegation and on their their feelings, and they put obviously the chairs of the convention, writing committee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, you know, you do feel that you have some achievement, and if you don't have feel you have achievement, you shouldn't be in the party in taking a position. I've been a national committee woman for years, and I've also been elected as the for to the executive committee from the Western states. The Western states have meant a great deal. We've totally changed in the West, not only California, but the coast, Oregon, Washington, and then in the New Mexico and oh, Arizona is so bad. But, it, but in, in other words, uh, the West, has, we've seen a change. So, you know, if, you, if your platform, you can say to people who are running, and that's a trouble I'm now I'm all over the acreage of this primary. You don't have anybody responsible. Uh, in a sense, you don't have a primary which puts the best Republicans forth and the best Demo- Republican and Democrat forward. No it longer. feels to me like they, like they, uh, the, the party planks are written to target very specific electorates. And, Absolutely. And, and, and you believe that you're going to achieve something through that. And and and, a, and somebody who's running, let's say as a Democrat, you you at a at a forum, you say, here's the Democratic platform. Tell me where you disagree. I want to know how I'm going to vote. I want to know what you stand for. I mean, you have a value. Now I've been to every convention, as I said, since 1952, and I've been on every presidential campaign since uh, that period. But, um, Ooh, let me ask you. I want to. Maybe I'll ask you something that's kind of tough for for the moment. The uh, and then we'll. I'll let you go because it's. Uh, I've kept you so long. But the, you know, President Obama came to uh, power on this wave of overwhelming. You know, he was a trans a transformational figure. Is what even people like uh, Colin Powell cro- kind of crossed the party uh, lines to to endorse him because he was a transformational figure. And anybody who's anybody who's worked in politics knows and knew that it wasn't going to be an easy thing, you know, that it that it was going to the, the real world application of that kind of that groundswell was going to be tougher. You know, how do you think how do you think it went and how do you think he's uh, is he is there any way he can try and infuse that kind of enthusiasm into this campaign or is it just going to be a bare knuckle fight about who, who you know who, kind of a class thing and and uh I mean, what do you what do you what do you think about that that yeah, because looking at it the first african-american president the mall of washington was just you know filled the, the tv coverage the, the viewership was off the charts for that kind of thing How, it seems like that's done that's lost that, a lot of that is lost it's going to be one of the roughest campaigns I think I will ever remember. And I think that um, when you realize, Sean, you've got to go back, and when when the majority leader, and I guess he was minority leader at that point, gets up and says, my goal as a U.S. senator and my party is to defeat Obama. The first week of the guy's election, and I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be difficult. And I think that um, the issues uh, which, as I said back, that Republicans normally, the parties would agree on, which is better for America. It's better for women working. It's better for 
We haven't even got an immigration policy. Talk about California. They may not even, Diane again came up and some of them have come up and even George Bush tried to push a workers program with a card and that the, they, they have a right to be here. We may not even get the crops through in California this year. And that affects what you pay at the marketplace. You know, it's, there's a cause and effect in things in politics. And, um, well, that drawing those drawing the, uh, the the real connections between decisions made in you know legislatures and what happens in people's supermarkets and at their you know with their wallets and everything is and everything else with the air they breathe or the or the their wages or whatever. I mean, it's it's uh, that's really should be the job of the media to to help clarify that. I, I really don't ever get a sense that that happens. Well, I got to tell you, the media, the regular media, I saw a poll the other day, and I don't know if all these polls are right or wrong, but I sometimes I get discouraged. But still, well, the majority of Americans get their news from the, the regular channels, the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBS, and they have no courage. They have no courage. You can come and prove that one of the candidates is telling an absolute bold lie, and they don't go after it. Those are proven facts. You can have proven facts, and they let it slip by. Why? Because I don't... I wish I knew the answer to that because I used to believe in the Cronkites and the people like that who we used to It felt to like have. in the Bush administration it was because uh, they were afraid they'd lose access. Well, I think it's corporations of America, the big ones, who don't want to shake, uh, you know, they're selling products and they don't want to shake up the value they put on the... Um, Money you make it on a, on a network. They alienate half the purchasing power. Yeah, if you, in other words, if you want to be controversial at all, but there's a way to say this is news and this is editorial, you know, or this is a fact check. Um, all right, all right. Uh, so, so we and we said we said that the I don't think both we, uh, Sean, I don't think we solved anything. <laughs> that's my that's my slogan. I always forget to do my slogan. My slogan I came up with as well. All right, we solved that one, <laughs> but. But no, I, I want to. I just, you know, it's a, it's clearly a combination of factors that why that all that enthusiasm kind of died on the vine. But would you? But Sean, what? I still believe. You know, I'm eighty, going to be eighty-two this year, and I believe in the system. I believe in this great country. And as I say, when you when you see people who are not letting people vote, they're trying to figure out ways to keep people from voting. That upsets me, and I'm going to fight that. I'm going to fight it in any way I can. Well, and you if, tell me where the barricades are, and I'll show up and fight with you. Yeah, you know, well, I haven't learned to give up. <laughs> Maybe. Well, let me just say, Rosalind Wyman, holy mackerel, are you an amazing... Uh, you know what you are? I always hear this, and you kind of wonder if they're doing it tongue-in-cheek or whatever, but you are a great American, and I am absolutely privileged to have you uh, allow me to interview you as a guest on my, my little show here. And, and please, you know, if there's ever anything that I get wrong or that you think other people want to hear about, you, you are – just let me know, and it's, a, it's your show. Well, you're very kind, and as I say, I know your dear mother, and she is just a super person. Didn't know your dad, but um, I, I know you come from good stock.
<laughs> I will send your good wishes up to my mom in Idaho, and and thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate your time, and and be well, stay healthy and strong, and good luck in uh, in all that you do and and in your fights. You know, I I try and be as fair as I can on the show, as even as I can on the show. Everybody knows I'm a Democrat, and and uh, I try and give fair back and forth. But I'm uh, I'm in your corner because I think you're great. Well, thank you very much. You you, you can find some Republican to rebut me. <laughs> Good. I'll go out and search for them. I need more Republicans. I'm going to go out and find some Republicans to, uh, to, to just shoot you down. Okay. Thank Bless you, Sean. You. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Well, there it is. Thank you very much, everybody, for staying tuned and listening to my interview with Rosalind Wyman. Thank you to Brad Wyman, her son, and my friend. Thank you to Gint who once again has uh, helped uh, engineer the show and, and, and pull it off for us, or has engineered the show and, and uh, helped get all those pictures in place. Thanks to everyone at the Toad Hop Network, and thank you to you. And thank you to Toronto, Canada. And uh, I must say this, I will be this weekend at Comic-Con, because there's a political, er, no, sorry, nothing political, I'll be there to help introduce and launch the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animated series, that I am uh, a voice of Raphael in, and there's also a television show that I'm acting on called The Alphas, and uh, and so we'll get to say a little bit of something something there on behalf of that sci-fi show. So thanks everybody for Vox Populi. The presidential election is in full swing. It's time for us to buckle down and really start um, having fun following the presidential election. So uh, if you're for Obama, if you're uh, for Romney, go ahead and send us an email to uh, Populi at gmail.com and let me know what you're thinking and hopefully we'll get you on the air next week. All the best everyone. Thanks so much. I'm Sean and we're out. Live, Live from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching.